You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Good, good, good. So honored to be here on behalf of my pastors. I have a couple pastors because I'm a lot, so I I need a lot of oversight. Um, So Pastor Chris and Pastor Dino and Pastor Rick Buzette are our overseers at our church and absolutely love uh, serving the ARC. I love being a part of this life-giving organization. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, It has saved my life. It saved my marriage. uh, And that's a whole nother uh, app session we could do. Uh, on that, but uh, me and my wife, uh, we will. We just celebrated 20 years of marriage. Amen. Amen. It, it's been about the best five years ever, because um, we had revival in our marriage about five years ago, and and uh, just thanking God that I still get to do this. And one of the things before we just start, just like we get to do this, like we don't have to do this, and you know we're not a big deal. We are. We are, we get to share the gospel and. And uh, I just can't believe that God chooses to team up with me every day to change somebody else's world as crazy as I am. Come on, is anybody with me on that? Yeah. Amen. And um, my phone is, uh, my, my uh, internet is not working. I can't download my notes. So it's on my phone and my phone keeps locking and I just unlock it and it keeps locking. So if I just like pause for a second, it's probably because I'm just trying to unlock my phone. I was trying to get my notes from my phone to my iPad. So I do pass a church called I-5 City. Uh, we are seven years old. Uh, at our church, and I transitioned to church, and, and a lot of you are church planners. How many of you in here have transitioned from one church to another church, or maybe you're not a, a lead pastor, but you have been a part of transition? Anybody? Anybody? God bless you. We're going to lay hands for y'all and have an altar call. Um, and so I, I just to give you a little bit about my story, uh, first, I'll just tell you the, the, the name, or the you know because we actually did a series called What the Heck is I-5? In uh, Matthew 25, 31 through 46, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. And this is a, a depiction of Judgment Day, if you will. Uh, and he says this. He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick in prison, you cared for me. And God called us at I-5 City to have a church uh, that doesn't do outreach, but have an outreach that's powered by a church. Uh, And specifically, he says this, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So we derive our five missional points from there, food, water, shelter, clothing, and care. So the I stands for impact, and we want to impact the world in those five specific categories. And so that's what I-5 is. It's not the iPhone 5, because we would have been done in 2012. Um, uh, But that's what I-5 is, and God has given us a very specific vision. And why I say that uh, is that's not the church I was raised in. I actually... Uh, pastor, I've been in ministry for 25 years now. I know some of y'all like, are you 25? Black don't crack. That's a whole nother diversity <laughs> message. Uh, I'm 45 years old uh, and I have a 17 year old, 18 year old daughter at Highlands College. I have a 17 year old son. I'm not sure if he loves Jesus yet. We're trying to figure that out. Um, and I have a 14 year old daughter and I have two bulldogs. Uh, and so uh, life is a little bit crazy. But why, what I'm saying is, is I didn't come out of the church that I have. I, it wasn't an ark. It wasn't a life-giving church. Matter of fact, it was a life-taking church. Come on. And uh, uh, just just a very, uh, it was called Living Waters Worship Center. And it's one thing to not like your church. It's another thing to not like your parents' church who pay you. Come on. And so I work for my parents. And uh, I just had these kind of questions uh, on my mind. Like, what would church be if we was different? What, was, what, if, what if we took the chairs off the stage? What if we didn't have flags and bands? What if we actually did an altar call for not just the power of the Holy Spirit, for for lost people to get saved? And I started asking these questions. And so our talk today is going to be 
uh, basically out of what not to do based off of what I did. Right? So I'm not an expert. I'm an expert at failing, and I've just learned that I've got to fail well. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so uh, we, it's one thing to change people's minds about church, and uh, it's another thing to change black folks' minds about church, especially if they're your parents. Come on. And so I come out of a very traditional, uh, charismatic environment of a church, and, and, uh, and so God's been doing some pretty cool stuff. And a couple things that God told me in the beginning that I felt like the Holy Spirit put on my heart is we're going to have a dynamically diverse church. Now, uh, we were 99.5% African-American because my wife is biracial. <laughs> Let that land for a second. And so I wanted to have a dynamically diverse church. It was something that I wanted to do, but I have to change culture in order to do that. And though this this talk is all about how do we make changes in our church and and take on, you know, this arc model or this life giving model without losing ourselves and who we are and what God's called us to be. How do we express, you know, uh, uh, our culture within the culture or the context of this life giving model? It was hard, y'all. And uh, God gave me a very specific vision. Uh, and God has to talk to me very specifically because I negotiate with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I negotiate like, really? You want me to do that? I'm not doing that. Can we talk about this again? Uh, and one of the things God called me to do, he says, I've not called you to birth a baby. I've called you to resurrect the dead. Ah. Yeah. Yes, sir. And so changing church culture is like resurrecting the dead. You know, I, I believe that it's hard to plant a church. I believe it's almost Harder to change people's minds about church because lost people really have no context of church, but the people who help pay the bills do. And so how do we change culture of a church and not disrupt the tithing base? How do we change a culture of a church and not tick everybody off? How would he change the culture of a church like I did and not have all 12 board members leave the church the day you start? That's my story. And so, as I told you, I was going to talk to you pretty much about uh, lessons from culture change. Uh, if you will. How many of y'all have something in your mind, uh, maybe you're already doing that you want to do, uh, that you're going to have to kind of set culture and set vision to do it, or maybe you got an idea of how churches you want it to be, but it's not there yet. Anybody? Anybody? Pretty much most of the people that are in here, this is what this is all about, and I'm going to throw some other nuggets in there uh, that'll help, and, but God, God, God is calling us uh, not always to, to birth something new, but to resurrect something old. And I believe that there's truth and foundation and great things in hymns. There's truth and foundation and great things in old school church. There's truth and foundation and amazing and anointing in what was. But how do we how do we honor what was with, with doing something that's now and today? That's the question, right? And so we want to talk about that. And my phone just locked. And here's number one. Here's number one. And so what I want to do is how long do we have? How long is this supposed to be? An, an hour. So let, let, let's talk for 30 minutes or, the, or however we have. Then we'll do some QA, Q&A, QA, QA, Come on. <laughs> Number one, if you're going to change culture, you have to understand this. People don't hate change. They hate the way people change. They hate the way people implement change. And so people don't hate change. Come on, since you were a child, it was, man, I've got to go from crawling to walking I remember trying to teach my kid how to how to ride a bike. You know, the first thing I did when I taught my kid how to ride a bike is how to fall. What I've come to understand about change is is, is we got to first understand, like we got to kind of analyze what's working and what's not working. We got to be willing to have hard conversations in a life giving manner. 
And so what I have, uh, people didn't hate the changes. They love the changes today. They just hated the way I changed. And so don't do what I did. Literally, my parents' church was one day, one Sunday. And I, here I am, the new lead pastor. Come on, somebody. I changed the name of the church in a week. Come on. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. And then I hired this company uh, uh, that would do all of our graphics and our, and our lights and our sound and take the chairs off the stage. And I hired the company based off of who could do it by next Sunday. Don't do that. <laughs> right? It wasn't that they hated change. They just hated the way I, I was implementing change. And so people don't hate change. People want to change. People want to go from crawling to walking to running. People want to, you know, like the biggest shows on, H, on, on TV right now, the biggest channel is HGTV. Why? Everyone wants to know how to renovate this thing. Everyone know, wants to know how to reconstruct this thing. But what they want to do is, is how do we do this well? How do we count the costs? So when we start talking about change, we want to talk about first, what are the costs of this? Right. Uh, Like, let's have a strategy for change. Let's come up with a strategic plan for change. The best kind of change happens over time. The best kind of change that sticks happens over time. And so your your idea that you have right now, one of the things that I I, I had to I had to understand about changes is my idea wasn't a new idea. I just didn't do enough research. To find out who else was doing it. So if you want to do change, how about you get some data? Come on, somebody. To say five people are doing this and it is working for them. That way the change is not about your idea. The change has been tested. The change is already going on. And so when you implement the change, you've got a historical background of this is working in this church. And I believe it can work in our church. I believe this. I want you to write this down. It's always, it's more frequently, it's more often imitation than it is innovation. Everything that we're doing, someone else did. But when I get prideful and I take on the idea that it's my idea and it's going to be amazing, I just made it personal. So the people that have done it before thinks that I, it, I'm better than them. I never forget this. My daughter, uh, she's in Highlands College. She's today. She's a, she's a freshman, first semester in Highlands College. And I, I was so frustrated with my parents and I was cussing and fussing. I told you all I need a lot of pastors. And um, and I was just frustrated that the change wasn't going well. And and she said, well, Dad, what are you going to do when I hate your ideas? <laughs> like she's confident that she's going to run that church. And I'm confident that she can. But guess what? Like your idea also has a timeline. It has a date. It has an expiration date. Right. Your thing has an expiration date. So could it be that how I handle changing someone else's idea is how people will handle changing mine? Right. And so when we start thinking about change, let's think about the end at the beginning. I just dropped the nugget. Like, y'all was like, that's tweetable right there. Come on, somebody. Let's think about the end at the beginning. Change is not bad, but sometimes bad people are trying to make changes. It's not a great transition. It's not a great thought. It hasn't been tested. It hasn't been uh, uh, there's a company called IDEO. Thank you, Holy Spirit. IDEO is an innovation company. IDEO is in the Silicon Valley, and what they are hired to do, I had the new iPhone that I don't figure out yet how to unlock. Um, uh, and it's, it, I hit the unlock button, but it's still locking uh, in the middle of my talk. But IDEO, what they do is they, they test 
uh, innovation. Like, so iPhone would send them this product and, and they would say, hey, test this for me. And uh, one of the, uh, I never forget when Target went to their new cart. Like, I get excited about new stuff, even if it's a new cart at Target. And I have found out that IDEO actually tested this cart. And IDEO has a philosophy at their company and it says nothing is successful unless it fails four times. And so what they on purpose try to do is make it fail before it goes to the customer. So what if in the midst of our change, before we said this is the best idea, we actually were okay with people bumping up against it, telling us it's not going to work, giving us the 10%, saying, hey, I'm not sure about this, and let's get good at failing before we try it out when eternity is at stake. Right? And so I want to try it out before eternity is at stake. One of the things we did is, you know, we were a title-driven church. My parents' church is the deaconess, the deacons, the, the ministers, the apostles, I don't even know the word, apostles, the bishops, the prayer team. The, and like, depending on, you know, where your title was is, is who you would wait to pray for you. Like, so it was like, everybody's not a minister, right? And so I took the titles away day one. I was Lucifer himself. <laughs> but what I didn't do was cast the vision. It was a great idea. The idea was amazing. But I didn't sit down with people who had it and say, hey, if we don't do this anymore, how are you going to feel about it? You know, I was a young, dumb kid, 35, I don't know, 36, 37. I'm still dumb, just not young. <laughs> and, but I thought I had all the ideas. But what if number two, the why is always important, more important than the what? What if I gave them the why? What if I said, listen, we are a title driven church and when lost people come in, they don't know what deacon or apostle or bishop is. They just want God. Pastor Chris talked about it. Are they finding us or God? Right. And so what I have come to find out is, as I've been doing ministry, that if you're carrying a title and you're proud of it, you probably will fail to carry a towel and serve people's needs. But what if I gave them the why before I gave them the what? When you want to implement change, have you fleshed out the why? Why are we doing this? Do we just want cool lights because that church has cool lights and you got cool lights, but you got windows? <laughs> Did y'all catch it? We had cool lights. I didn't even think about it, but we had light in the room. So it didn't, haze and lights didn't work. So they saw haze and lights that we just spent money on, but I didn't think about blinds. <laughs> Why? What's the why? Why would we do this? Why would we do this? So finally, when we finally at our church, when we added lights, that we had no lights, like we, we, made dark, like we started getting testimonies in from people saying, I just saw my son worshiping for the first time. He had his hands up and I interviewed the son. He says, well, I've always felt like everyone can see me and I was embarrassed. And But what if I gave the why behind the what? What if I gave the why that a younger generation, like if we're going to do this change in, in this culture where worship is about the songs and the lyrics, but not the lifestyle, what if we're going to, what if we we just gave people a little bit of privacy. And for us in our environment, it actually was privacy at first for people who never lifted their hands. and felt like they could lift their hands. I believe that someone would have accepted that change instead of just a young, dumb guy that says we're going to get lights because everybody else has lights. What's the why behind your what? What's the why behind your what? Oh, this is a good one. Number three This is a good one. Because if the why, let me say it this way, and I'll give you the the actual point in a second. But if the why behind the what 
is because you dislike where you came from, that's not a good why. Number three, build your church on what God is calling you to do. Well, let me say it this way. I want to change it. Build your church on what God is calling you to be, not what you don't want to be. So most of us come from a church. If you're, if you're a church, you come from a background. I promise you, you're, you were frustrated about something. Yeah. Yeah. All right? Come on, y'all want to be real? Raise your hand and be like, yeah, I couldn't stand that. And that's my husband. Come on, somebody. <laughs> All right? But that was me, man. There was so much I didn't want to be. I don't want to be, I don't want to be known as the church that has church all day long. Right? I don't want to be the church that, that has chairs on the stage. I don't want to be known in our city as the church that's a little crazy charismatic. Right? So what happens is, is when I started uh, on this journey of changing the culture of our church, it was based off of everything I didn't want to be. And my why was, I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be. But the lost people, reaching lost people wasn't behind it. It was just based off of my appetite for church. And then I wrote this book. I read this book called Who Stole My Church? And How People Feel When You Make Changes. It's a good book to read. Who Stole My Church? And I was realizing, man, I got to give the why behind it. Give the what, and, and and I don't want to build the church based off of what I don't want to be. And let me let me just give you a caution. I love grow. I love. We have a, a group, a, 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 a network called Red Leaders, where I'm helping guys who are in urban areas and, and churches do diversity stuff. And we had a big conference last year, and and all of that. And I love all that. And I would love for you to download as much as you can off the Grow website. Download as much as you can off the ARC website. Download from these conferences. But guess what? It can't be based off of what you don't want to be. Let us not download a system off of a website and not download a vision from God. Right? I want to download a vision from God. What's God calling you to do in your city? Because what you're doing in your city ain't going to work in my city. And if I just try to mimic everything that everybody else is doing, let me tell you what I've learned. This is just a bonus. This is just a bonus. I'm going to give it to you for free. You don't have to pay for the extra value meal. It's free. Here's the bonus. And I just forgot it. Because I have ADHD and it's gone. Come on, somebody. (laughs) It is completely gone. It'll come back. I promise you it'll come back. It's completely gone. Like 110% gone. A bird gone. You know what I mean? It'll come back, I promise. What was I even saying? I don't know what I was saying. What was I saying? Download a vision from God, not from a website, right? That's what I was talking about. And here's the thing that, that, here's the thing. Let me tell y'all something about me. I'm okay with what I'm not. And I don't know if you can tell, like, I'm not that awesome. Like, I believe this, like, if if his strength is perfected in our weaknesses, why don't I get more perfected with my weaknesses than I do my strengths so that I can be affected with who he is? That's just my thought. So I have extreme ADHD. I have a learning disability. I did not, was not able to read. I was pushed through high school because I was a troubled teen in in a bad neighborhood. But I thank God that he doesn't use me in spite of me because of me. He uses me in spite of me. Amen. So that'll just give you a little bit of background about me. So I've just learned to laugh. I'm just, what was I saying again? See, already. (laughs) Download a vision from God. Here it is. It came back. The worst thing that you could ever do, ever in ministry, is win at the wrong thing. Be careful in this internet, social media, culture, 
that you feel more or less than based on everyone else's baptism numbers, everybody else's dream team numbers, everybody else's numbers, because what it does, it'll cause you to drift away from the vision that God gave you. And then you'll start implementing change every time you feel insecure. Yeah. Wow. That was me. I come back from a conference. My staff wanted to run. Because I was going to change the whole vision. Come on, somebody. We're not doing that anymore. We're doing no God, find freedom. I was getting it all messed up. We're going to make an impact. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to know people. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to find Waldo. I was just saying, I didn't even understand it. I didn't even understand it. Don't allow somebody else's win to be your win if that's not what you downloaded from God. Amen. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's in the culture we're in, it's difficult. It's difficult to this day. God's doing some great things at our church, and it's difficult to this day. I have to be very I have to guard myself. And I, here's a good question that I ask myself. I thank God for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is not a respecter of ADHD. Come on, somebody. I got my thoughts back. And I have to ask myself a question. What would you do if you didn't know what nobody else was doing? What would you do? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to let that one just sit for a second. All right, where are we at? Number four? I don't even have numbers. I'm just going down on my list. I said the why behind the what is more important than the what. Uh, how about this? Uh, you cannot implement the new without honoring the old. Oh, my gosh. Pastor, what are you saying? Honor is a bridge to change. Honor is a bridge to change. Man, I was horrible at this. I was like, Dad, that idea is stupid. He should have fired me. (laughs) Right? Why are we doing that? But honor, I had no idea that honor was the bridge to change. I had no idea that the dishonor that I get now was the the dishonor that I sowed eight years ago. Right? Because what you sow is what you'll reap. So how do we honor an old idea? Now we honor it well because I understand diversity, not just ethnic diversity, but generational diversity and gender diversity. And I, I, t- I do a whole teaching on diversity and religious diversity, people from different backgrounds and disability diversity. And how do we honor each level? How do we honor each thing? So like on a worship set for us, like I, I like my church didn't know what Hillsong was. They were like, is there a song on a hill? Like, what is that? What is Bethel? That's weird. Like, we were all Fred Hammond gospel back in the day. John P. Key, you know, uh, I'm talking y'all, y'all like, who is that? Some of y'all like, who is that? Some good music back then. All right. And so now what we do is we have our worship set. We have four songs. Here, here's what it contains. We have two CCM, Contemporary Christian. We have two urban or gospel songs. Uh, uh, we have two fast, two slow, not six songs, a combination of four. And in between that, we want a hymn to kind of tie everything in. What am I doing with the hymn? I'm just honoring the old. You know why? Because the old is given 80% of your budget. True. Right. And I'm not doing it because of that, but there's something in that. Oh, there's something in that. I'm understanding that we as a church, as a as a younger church, a younger generation, man, I believe this. We are one generation away from knowing hymns. My kids don't know hymns. Guess what? My kids have never heard a song about the blood of Jesus. And I was like, 
Man, we're missing it out. We're missing out on some things. So how do we implement change, right? With keeping the foundation of our Christian heritage, we got that's got to be on the menu. So how do you honor the old? Now I just say, hey, man, that was a great idea, Dad. Absolutely. Like if, if my dad was there, I'd say, man, that was absolutely amazing. What God has done uh, through that is amazing. Can I build on that a little bit? Did y'all hear that? I'm saying I value you. I value what you've done. Can I build on that a little bit? Can I give a little bit of pushback right here? I feel like that there's some people, Dad, that we're not reaching, and uh, we're already great at reaching that crowd. Can we just kind of divert a little bit? Can we just kind of take a detour, you know, just kind of, st- you, know, you know, turn the ship a little bit this way? And what I'm saying is, is this. I'm going to do it over time. It'll be full over time, right? But honor builds trust. Honor builds safety. What I found out that my dad, it, 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 it didn't, it wasn't that he didn't trust me. It really wasn't that he didn't trust me. He just wanted to feel safe. Yeah. Right? Like, understand this. There's a generation before us. They're not risky. Man, I'm a risky guy. I'll risk everything. I, I, I'm just, I believe you, you spell faith, R-S-I-K. I'm a risky guy. But I, my dad, my parents come from a generation that wasn't risky. Old school church comes from a generation. They love things just the way they are. Yeah. Right? But guess what? Risk. Is, 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 is less uh, uh, abrasive, less, risk is less intrusive if you so honor. So, so honor. I'm an honor. Dad, I honor you. Man, thank you. I wouldn't have this every Sunday now. Y'all, let's just give it up for my parents. We wouldn't be a church today if they hadn't, you know, let go of some things, if they hadn't built on the foundation. Come on, everybody, let's celebrate Bishop James and Bishop Burl Rollins. That's what I do every Sunday. Come on, everybody, put your hands together. Now, let's talk about some crazy stuff that they would never talk about. Right? What am I doing? Just honoring? What if behind your good idea, instead of you trying to, you know, figure out the systems. You start figuring out the person who was behind the old system and figure out a way you can honor them. Is that good? Yes. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. My phone locked. Just give me a second. Oh, I love this one. Uh, you must drip before you drop. You must drip before you drop. I feel like how many lead pastors are in here? And lead pastors here. We have the best ideas ever. To us. Right. Right. Come on. Like, when I go to my staff, we got 26 people on staff. I'm like, yeah, what are we going to do? And I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to learn from Pastor Chris, you know, be the last one who talks. You know, so I'm in a meeting, like, I don't even know why they're talking about all this. We're going to do what I want to do. <laughs> I just want to be honest. That's what I'm feeling. I'm a horrible leader. <laughs> but what if we, what if when we do have an idea, what if we didn't? Overpromise and underdeliver. This never was the best service ever. Was the best Christmas ever. Y'all, y'all know how we do. Come on, y'all. Y'all need to show up this Sunday. This message is gonna be fire, like the last one wasn't. <laughs> All right. What if we took a different approach? It says, "I got a good idea, and I want to try this out." What are you doing? You're just dripping it. And if it doesn't work, guess what? You, everyone doesn't hate you. Because the idea that you said you were going to do doesn't work. What if your good idea was just, hey, let's try this and see what happens? I'm doing that now. Let's try this and see what happens. We just started a campus. We just launched a campus in the hood. Uh, I love it. So we do this whole thing called Be the Church, Go to Church. So 830, we have two services. 830 is the Be the Church. The Be the Church is don't show up in the church building. 
It's every week we're passing out groceries. We're giving showers to the homeless people in our shower unit. We are in the community. We are serving people. We're giving people free uh, uh, change to go wash their clothes. It's in the hood hood. I'm talking about the hood hood. That's be the church. At 1130, it's go to church. And actually, so the goal is to invite everybody to church and to introduce them to Jesus, right? We're trying it. Right now, I thought it's a great idea. When I said it, y'all were like, we got to do that, right? Like, that's amazing. They are killing it. Mm -mm, We're not killing it. It sucks right now. (laughs) Right? It's a great idea to serve the community, but I don't know when we're going to pay for the $180,000 sound equipment that we bought. I don't know how we're going to do it. Because I'm like, that's a great idea, but when when is it going to pay for itself? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I didn't think it all through, but what if we just dripped it first? Honestly, I regret launching a campus right now. It's two weeks old. I just told my executive pastor, I said, hey, man, we suck. That's how I talk to my team. (laughs) And what I'm really saying is you suck, because you should have told me this. (laughs) But I'm honoring him. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, I got regrets right now. What if before we launched the campus, what if we just did that with with just a little drip from the vision. What if I just thought drip back then and said, let's just serve the community at 830 and we'll do a pop-up service once a month instead of spending $180,000, whatever we spent on sound equipment and our best leaders are now out of our main campus into our other campus, but we didn't have our leadership pipeline in place to make sure that we still had young leaders coming to the new campus. So now my old church, my, my, my regular church, the, the main campus, is starting to feel a little bit like the change that it took eight years to do. But what if we just dripped it? Just drip change. Just drip it. So I remember we, I told y'all I just changed everything real quick. How much time I got left? Ten minutes. All right, cool. I wanted to change everything. And so I just started doing change really, 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 really fast. Like, Really fast. And I'm like, man, you know what? This is awesome. I thought it was amazing. Like, I thought it was the best change ever. Like, I thought, like, man, we are absolutely killing it. It's going to be no more titles, no more chairs on the stage. We're going to sing Hillsong. No one knew what it was. I changed the worship set. I went from suits to jeans to Jordans over a week. Come on, somebody. Like, I was just doing change, and it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was absolutely good. And I thought about something. What if in this drip before we drop? So I could have just took that thing, whatever that is, the bottom of a table, and moved it at once. And everybody would have noticed that I moved it. But if I dripped it, I just moved it a little bit day after day, Sunday after Sunday, a little bit after a little bit. Nobody would have noticed. A few of y'all noticed that I moved this. Some of y'all were looking at me like, what is he doing? (laughs) Some of you had no idea that I moved it just because I just kept talking. No one noticed. What if you just dripped it? What if your idea is amazing, but it's just a good idea in a wrong season? A good idea in a wrong season is not a good idea. But what if we just moved it just a little bit, changed the worship set just a little bit, changed the lights just a little bit so no one even noticed Who cares? Are we thinking, honestly, are we thinking that we want to see the change or are we thinking generational change? Because generational change, it's not on my timetable. I'm learning. I'm telling y'all, I'm learning. There's some vision that God has spoken to me that I'm never going to see. 
but I want to make sure that I set up the generation that they see it. So what if you think 50 years, not five? Is this good so far? We're going to drip it before we drop it. We're just going to move it just a little bit at a time. Some of y'all have a good idea. We're going to we're going to have a strategy to get it from one side to the other side. So no one even notices. We're not going to overcommit. We're not going to overpromise and underdeliver. Let me tell you, if you want to be the champion, if you want to be a champion to your church, if you want to be a champion in your staff meeting, if you're on a creative team and you want to be a champion, say we're going to try this. Because if you say we're going to try it and it fails, no one blames you. If you say we're going to try it and it's amazing, everyone will praise you. I'm telling you as a leader. And affirmation's okay. It's okay. Like it's okay to feel good about your idea. Right? But think about it. Don't do what I did. That's that. We could just literally label this whole talk. Don't do what Pastor Jimmy did. <laughs> oh, this is good. You ready? Changing the package does not mean that the contents have changed. So there's this game that you all have played. You all have played this game, I'm sure. And it, it, it's, it's, it's basically, I'll just tell you what the game is called. It's called Scattergories. Any of y'all play Scattergories? Do you know that Scattergories sat on a, invent, a game inventor's desk for 10 to 15 years called the Category Game? It was called the category game. And the guy who invented it said, I don't think this is going to work. And so some other person, this is a true story. I don't know the exact dates, but some other person in the office came and said, can I take a try at it? And they were like, yeah, but you need to sign the rights over to me so that if it works, it's mine. Well, guess what? The category game got changed to categories without changing the contents. It was just repackaged. Some things don't need to change. It just needs to be repackaged. It's just, it just needs to be rebranded. What if we just rebranded some stuff and not tried to change everything? I, I'm telling y'all, I have failed at this tremendously. I am the reason I am the lead pastor, the dude, me, why we had a large staff turnover when we first started. Because I didn't know it was just changing the box. I didn't know it was just rebranding. I thought all the contents needed to be changed. Does that make sense? Don't do what I did. So what, 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 what could you just change? What, what, what if it's not the worship set? What if it's not the leader? What if it's just the contents? What if... What if, what if we just looked at, I mean, not, what, if, what if it's just the packaging, not the contents? I'm learning that it's not always the contents. I'm learning this right now. I'm stuck right now. We've been bumping right up against 2000 for three years. And I'm like, gosh, man. Now, I don't want to be a big church because I want to grow our church. I want to be a big church in our city because I want to make a bigger impact. And I realize that if more people come, there's a bigger army to go out and serve people. And I'm like, man, what are we doing? And honestly, right now in my mind, I'm like, let's just go back and change everything. And as I prepared for this talk, I was like, well, maybe it's just the packaging. Maybe it's just the sermons. Maybe I'm still a little bit too preachy. You know, maybe maybe there's something. Maybe it's just the. you get what I'm saying. So like like have some personal dialogue before you just come out with it. And 
And and maybe that's a good illustration just because I, it's killing me right now. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, man, like I had a, um, and then sometimes the contents does, it does need to be changed. Right. So I had a, uh, when I was 16 years old, my dad uh, bought me a, a red Hyundai. Now this is before Hyundais were cool. Like it was a Hyundai Excel. Like if you had a Hyundai, you were not winning. Come on, somebody. Like you were not winning. It was a Hyundai. So I built a homemade kicker box. Y'all know what a kicker box is? You ever want to pull up to a car and it's like, mine didn't do that. I was like, boom, boom. but I built it because I built this kicker box. Didn't have an amp, so I didn't have nothing to push it. Like nothing to make it louder. Uh, I put five star rims on it. Come on, y'all. I, like I had credit card debt, but had rims. A whole nother message. <laughs> I put tin on it. Guess what? It was still a Hyundai. Right. It was still a Hyundai. Sometimes the contents do need to change. And you can dress it up as much as you want to dress it up. But guess what? It's still a bad singer. Come on, somebody. Like, like they just can't do it. Like, he's just a bad host, and you need to change him. Sometimes it doesn't need to change. And so, here's a good thought. How about discernment? Yes. Just a spirit of discernment. Is this just a good idea? Is this just gas? I'm gonna let that hit like gas. Sometimes just gas. Ooh, no, nah, that didn't change. That was gas. <laughs> right? And sometimes you need to change the contents. Sometimes it's just a Hyundai. We've been trying to dress it up. We've been trying to put, come on, somebody legs on it. We we didn't put some skinny jeans on it, but he still can't sing. <laughs> right? How about this with change? This was gonna, this was gonna be real. How about you bless people as they go? What I have learned, and I wrote this: people aren't bad or wrong just because they can't adapt with you. Bless them as they go. Be willing to ask their questions and release people that want to leave. Everybody's not gonna love your change, and guess what? There's a church for them. Everybody doesn't like mint chocolate chip ice cream. Some people like butter pecan, like me. Guess what? There's a church that serves up butter pecan. And just because your church is about mint chocolate chip doesn't mean that different is better. So it's okay to release people. It's okay to say thank you for serving and not take it personal that they don't like your idea. It's okay. I've learned that as a pastor, man. Now I'm like, I love you. Let's meet. If God's calling you somewhere else, but he wants well, a whole nother. I won't go there. If God's calling you somewhere else and you feel like you can't adapt with this change, it's OK. Thank you for your service here. I had somebody ask for their tithe back. Y'all black folks crazy. They asked for their tithe back. They hold tithe like for years. I was like, I didn't spend that on my new Beamer. I'm joking. I'm that sarcastic. I promise you, I'm that sarcastic. And everybody doesn't know how to take it. I was completely joking. And then it was on Facebook. Here's a good thing about change. Five, three more minutes? Two more minutes? None? Oh, you got, you got five minutes and two or 15. All right, here's a good thing about change, right? Don't lie on God. It's so easy to say God told you. Come on, pastors and leaders. I feel like this is from the Holy Spirit. No, it's not. Stop lying. 
It's just change. You just want to try something different. Something's just cooler. I feel like God is leading us. You are lying on the Lord. I have never heard an audible voice about lights. Come on. We just want to change the worship God. God ain't concerned about your worship God. I don't even know if he's concerned about your church name. I've heard from the Lord. No, you didn't. You found something cool. That's what changed. What if we just were honest? What if we just were honest? Right? I think this, I think this might work. Yeah, I, I like this better. You know, I, I, I mean, I can't stand when people say they heard from God. Honestly, it makes me feel less of a Christian because I don't hear from him much. Like, I have peace about stuff and I have good ideas and I, I think that I have a good relationship with God where, where you know, I've got, you know, you, know, you know how I hear from God? Honestly, I ask my wife. <laughs> Do you think we should do this? No. Okay, I didn't hear from God. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, she's right. I'm telling you guys. The Holy Spirit sleeps next to me every night. <laughs> when I'm good. Is that a good one? I'm going to give you one more and I'm done. Once I unlock my phone. Uh-oh. Let's see which one I want to go to. How about, I mean, I'll, I'll end on this. Tie the vision down. I, I, went, uh, I went fishing with my youth pastor. Uh, my youth pastor I grew up with, an Italian guy um, that I grew up with that helped me through my troubled teen years. And he's one of my greatest friends today. And he's, he calls me, encourages me. I bring him to preach at our church. And he can't preach very good, but he's, he's, he's sold in my life. So that makes up for it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie on God. Um, and uh, I went fishing with him, and he was all excited about this boat. And so he, 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 he's like, he can't wait to go fish on this boat. So we get to the dock, and I go out, and literally the boat is gone. I'm like, he's like, brag on this boat, it's gone. I'm like, you don't have a boat. And he goes, no, I swear to you, it's here. He's in a panic. It was here. And come to find out, just to make a long story short, he forgot to tie it down. So the storms came and it kind of just drifted away because of the waves it comes. What if you tied your vision down? <laughs> what if you didn't let the storms of what everybody else is doing? Yeah. What if you didn't let the winds of what everybody else is doing? What if you just didn't let the winds of your frustration? How about this? Well, what if we didn't let the winds of not wanting to work hard and implement it and stay at it long enough? What if we just tie it down? I'm tying my vision down. You want to you change? Tie your vision down. I will not be moved because of the opinions of people when I know where we're at right now is what God has called us to do. We're a church that's powered. We're, we're an outreach that's powered by a church. And it is so hard when I walk into a building like this to get off track. And I was just telling my wife, we're about homeless people. We're about drug dealers. We're about, I get to preach all over the world. I can't believe it. I can't spell, y'all. People call me in. It's amazing sometimes. I got to learn this ability. I was like, Dave, look at this. I showed a hotel. I was like, I don't belong here. Right? But that's not, I'm supposed to bring who I am to them. Not always take who they are back home with me. Tie it down. Questions and answers. Let's go. If I can't answer them, I'll say I don't know. Is that all right? All right. Any questions? Yes, yes sir. Uh, What's your name? Where are you from? James from Phoenix. Awesome, James from Phoenix. Uh, when you talk about like, imitation and innovation, 
you know, how often have you had to battle, or just even how you battle, like the need to be innovative over like, oh, somebody else is doing it, and that's a good idea. So honestly, every I- original idea I've come up with has sucked. <laughs> Because it hasn't been tested. So what I have decided to do is to let somebody else be the test dummy. Because I was tired of messing up. Is that okay? I said suck. I'm sorry. I'm from the hood, y'all. Yeah, but what? honestly, everything that we do now, somebody's already done. And Pastor Dino, who's my pastor, was like, it's kind of pride to say that your idea is amazing. So now I just try to find someone who's doing it. Everything that we're doing, the Dream Center's doing, why are we not learning from them? Right? Like, they're just, we just dressed, we, we've, we've changed the outfit a little bit. We've changed the packaging a little bit. Yeah, but shower units aren't new. Serving the homeless isn't new. Doing it before church may be new, but it's just a time change, not really a vision change. So I'm always for imitation over innovation. Always. Next question. I either did really good or really bad. <laughs> yes, sir. What's your name and where you from? I'm Tim from Colorado. Good to Yeah, how, how, like, what's, what's the size of your congregation right now? That's amazing. So here, here, here's a good idea. Those 60 to 80 people, out of that, there's a, a remnant. There's always a group within the group. Invite that group in to the meeting and let them have buy-in on what you want to do and be in on the timeline of when you want to do it. Because when you get up to say, here's what we're going to do, you have to make sure that that group is going to get up and be cheering, raging fans when you say it. And so I'm always bringing in a group of people now when I want to do something drastic to say, hey, guys, what do you think about this? Right. I I do want their opinion, but more I want their buy in. I want their buy in. So what I'm saying is, is you may have a whole lot of change. Understand that you're not pastoring for the next six months. You're pastoring for the next 60 years. And if it is God and it's not gas, you'll just add a little bit here and there and there and bring that group into it. Come up with a strategy when you're going to announce it, when you're going to talk to. I'm telling you guys, every time we announce something now, only 20 percent of the people in our church know it's new to them. Because I've met with so many groups or my team has met with so many groups that they're like, yes. And I just say, hey, even if you don't like it, just cheer. It may be amazing. Does that help a little bit? Awesome. Yes, sir. Your name, where are you from? My name's Bobby. I'm from Oregon. Uh, I have a question about um, the role of preaching and dripping vision. Do you do it, and if so, how? Yeah. So I love to preach. That's like, that's I, yeah. I don't really like the pastor that much, but I love to preach. Um, yeah. Um, I hire that. Uh, <laughs> so did you hear Pastor Chris today? Every single sermon. If you listen to his messages, there's no God find freedom. Fine, Waldo. What's, what is it again? Yeah, it's that, right? I think that every single message is an opportunity to give your vision. Pastor Dino told me a couple weeks ago, he called me and said, hey, man, 
you're a little off right now. So what do you mean? He goes, because you put up a preaching clip and I don't hear anything about the poor. Wow, I just got rebuked and I needed it. Because everything, if it's your vision, every single time you get an opportunity to share it, you should put it in there. Every single Sunday. And so preach your vision. Preach your heart. Preach your vision. I don't care what topic it is. I'm going to find a way to get the poor, the orphan, the hungry, the widow in there. Next questions. Yes, ma'am. What's your name? Where are you from? Maria, and I'm from Los Angeles. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not this. Okay. I'm missing. Um, okay, so you talked about diversifying your church through ethnicity, yeah. gender, disability. Can you tell us more about how you did that? Yeah, so we count what's important to us. So every single Sunday, I count every face that's non-African American because it's important to me. And I make sure that I have conversations with people that are non-threatening when they come to our church. So I literally, our team knows when there is a Caucasian family, an Asian family, to I have taught them in a life-giving way how to have a conversation, ask them how they felt, is this something, and bring them in on the solution. And they literally say every week, we really want to be a diverse church. Thank you for coming. We really need your help. Right? What you're saying is, hey, I notice you. I cannot stand when people preach that it's it's not a it's a sin issue, not a skin issue. No, it's a skin issue. Our skin is different and it is sin. But that's we could say that for everything. Right. Everything is sin. But it is. Notice me. Notice that I'm different. But value it. There's a difference between diversity and unity. Unit diversity says I see you. Unity says I value you. It's completely different. Diversity says you're different. Unity says your differences can make us better. So let me help you just with a quick little diversity unity thing is that when you go, my wife, before I left, I was preaching in Chicago yesterday. She said, she said, I'm going to go get your toiletries. I said, great. I said, she said, uh, I said, what kind of toothpaste you want? I said, Colgate. And she texted back, which one? I said, Colgate. She said, which one? I said, Colgate. She says, mint fresh Colgate, whitening Colgate. Come on, like all these different Colgates, right? What has Colgate figured out? They figured out the more diversity I put on the menu, the more diverse customers I'll get. It's diversity is just not having a black guy or a white guy for your all black church sing on your stage. It's being it's willing to put who they are on your church menu so that you can draw in. Because if not, it's just affirmative action. Yeah, we're over white on the worship team. Every time I hire somebody, they just quit. I'm like, am I just, you know, like black people or like, what's, what's going on? Because it was affirmative action. It wasn't out of relationship. Every time I hire somebody that's not out of relationship, it does not work. Right. And so it, 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 let me tell you, let me put it this way. Before it, it can be done with your hands, it first must be in your heart. Is that good? All right. Next. I hope that answers some a little bit. I could preach on that all day. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Uh, you Josh been? from Dallas. Dallas. Uh, you, you a Cowboys fan? No, sir. Oh, I was going to say I was born and raised in Houston. Oh, okay. I got you. It's still baseball season for me. I'm not working on that. Got you. We just recently hired to be care pastor at our church. Yeah. The care pastor before me is retiring. She's a 67-year-old woman. Uh-huh. And so I'm coming in as a 32-year-old male. Yeah. And there's definitely a gap yeah. in the way that we do things. So when you spoke on honor... Uh, that was huge for me. I love her. She's a great person, but I want to change some things mm-hmm. that she's been doing. So just some tips. Oh, this is great. I would sit down with her. What's her name? Kathy. I was going to call her Betty. I would say, Betty. 
like, Betty, you have been amazing. And they've hired me to now build on what your legacy. And what I'd love for you to do, I want you to give me like five pillars that will help me. Five things that would help me be successful. Because there's some things that I want to do different, but I really want to build on the foundation that you have laid. That's what I do. And then Betty would be like, my name is Kathy. <laughs> First of all, get my name right, young boy. Does that make sense, though? Anyone else? Any questions? Yes, sir. So, Leonard from Antioch. You got a radio voice. Say it again. Leonard from? Leonard from Antioch. Antioch? Antioch. Where's Antioch? California. Awesome. North, uh, Sound like California. a black church. Antioch. So, it was the part where you were saying that um, you had, like, basically, it's a heart for, like, the youth where God would give you, God gave you a vision to where it's thing that you won't see, but it's the generation coming up that yeah. you want them to be able to see. And I feel like it's some of my heart where, um, like we have a you at our church, and I want to be able to step into that and give them um, like basically experiences that I went through because they're going through it too, and to help them and encourage them go through it because a lot of times most of them as high schoolers we all go up the same way we ain't really socialize mm-hmm. with our parents what was going on outside home and so what's your question? How do I? Where do I get to start? So you're, are you on staff? No. You're, well, you're an intern. And do you, is that a future job for you? Uh, I never thought of it, but it's just... So I always like to sew where I'm going. Okay. So if I want to go somewhere, I sew into it. Okay. So if I want to be a youth pastor, I sew into being, to speaking into students before I, I'm ever talking about being a youth pastor. Because if I won't do it for free, yeah. then it's just a job, not a calling. Okay. Right? So I always... To tell our staff, like, if you want to be on staff, you should be already doing it, right? right? And then you're doing it so well that you just need to get paid to do it. Let me tell y'all something about our younger generation. I'm 45 years old, and and my my kids, they they struggle with staying at something long. They think it's beneath them, right? Like, I don't know if you, there's a generation that's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm doing it. Well, I said, well, if it's beneath you, that means you're standing on top of it. If it's beneath you, that means you've dominated it to a degree that you're standing on top of it and it's under your feet. Right. So I say kill it wherever you are without ever asking for a job. Right. Because your gifts and calls will make way for you and bring you before great people. Amen. Amen. We can talk about later offline. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Where are you from? Name? Oh, you got a vacation? You got a vacation house or anything we can talk about? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, um, right now we are in a transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, have you said like people don't hate to change just the way that you change? Mm-hmm. But always with people who uh, they are like informal leaders mm-hmm. with negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. So how we can deal with these kind of people? That are you the lead pastor? Yes, I'm the lead pastor. So I would do a series. I would do a series on change. I would do a series, like, I would talk about all, I would go through the Gospels and find out all the things that Jesus did different. 
And I would just keep talking about series like literally the, be- the, the biggest change is really only six feet away. When, when Jesus shows up on the scene and the disciples are fishing on the left side of the boat and they haven't caught anything. And Jesus says, just throw your net on the right side. If you do a study, it's only, the boat's only six feet, about six feet wide. He literally, they were six feet away from a great catch. Right? I would preach that till the cows came home. Sometimes we're just six feet away. Sometimes we're just a little bit away from catching. And I would just, I would just keep dripping vision about change. What happens when change all throughout the scriptures? And I would do a series, and I would do another series, and I would put my change. This is what I would have done. I wish I wish I would have done. (laughs) I would have put change on the other side of the why behind the what through scripture. Again, people aren't mad at the change. They want to be renovated, right? They just don't like. You know, they don't know that there's a bigger teddy bear for them to try to take the little one away. You just got to show them over time that there's a little one. And because you're in Costa Rica, I feel like if you invite me out, I'll help you with that. (laughs) Y'all see that? I'm sorry. It's just who I am, y'all. Anybody else? (laughs) Yeah, you said to tie the vision down. Yeah. That was a really good point. What are some practicals you have done? Um, to tie the vision down so you weren't detoured. Just- it's me. Okay. I got to check me. When I was on sabbatical this summer, I went off a sabbatical for seven weeks this summer, and the Lord like beat me up in a very good way. He gave me a thought uh, of the cost of curiosity. All right, and, and I have been a curious leader. Man, I've been too curious. And when you're curious, it'll pull you away from your calling. I went back to the garden. You know what? You know why Adam sinned? Because he was more interested in somebody else's fruit. And man, I'm, I've been looking at other people's fruit too long. And that it's pulled me away from tilling my own garden. And man, I think, I think we, want, we, we want instant gratification of what our vision. Like, and I'm, I'm just learning that it takes time. And I'm guilty. And I'm teaching from a guilty place and it's so hard. And our, every issue at our church right now that is not right, that is wrong, is, is, a, is I'm looking at is a byproduct of either me settling because it was decent or being curious and letting somebody else's Instagram page pull me away from what God's calling me to do. We want an instant thing, but it's me. It's the leader. It's always the leader. Always. I just gave y'all my pain. Yes, sir. Oh, anybody else? Was there something over here? Yes, sir. Real quick question. Yeah. This will be the last one. You have to give me your workout tips. <laughs> and your discipline. I take your discipline, too. You've got to surf a lot, but it's hard uh, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I'll bring you to Hawaii. I might do that. Yes. <laughs> you, you have a meeting before the meeting. Yeah. How often do you go back around as you implement the vision? Because obviously, oh, that's change takes time. Do you go back around to re-meet with some of those people to see how they're doing with the change? Yeah, we, that look like? we debrief everything. I, I think there's always relief in the debrief. Yeah. Like, every single thing we debrief. Right? So, even when we celebrated, it was amazing service. Let's talk about it. How you guys think I did? How was my sermon? Pastor, I think you spent a little bit too long on that second point. I... I'm just that kind of leader. I want to be better. And so I give people access and the key to also, if I'm, if I'm going to give them feedback, I want them to be able to give me feedback. Feedback is a culture. So always, feedback is just a part of our culture. So I think uh, people will celebrate more 
if they recognize and, and do less parking lot conversations. Yeah. Right? If you give more feedback. So feedback is a big part of our culture. Any y'all, any, anybody else we got? Maybe one more question. One more. It better be a good one because there's one more. No pressure. No pressure. Come on, somebody got one. You got one just burning. Don't you hate when you give an altar call? You're like, somebody, give that hand. I see that hand. You ain't seen a hand? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, What's your name? Where you from? I'm Selena. We're from San Diego. That's amazing. Uh, I love Carlsbad. Oh. In the better part of San Diego. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> So we're in like a very new startup church and you know, I feel like every like what you're saying is like, oh staff hiring, we are not at that place yeah. yet. So how do we go about like how would you say implementing changes when I feel like all everyone that is on our team it's volunteer only. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like it's taking they take ownership of their roles yeah. and I feel like it's territorial but we're not paying them. Yeah, I, so let me let me just give you some, some context. Yeah. All of the change yeah. that I did wrong yeah. was when I had no staff. Okay. So I'm talking about, I wish, I feel like if volunteers, I wish, see, change is, is easier when their paycheck's not tied to it because they're scared. If this goes wrong, I ain't going to have a job. I'm not going to have benefits. Yeah. Look at what you have right now as an opportunity because yeah. it's an opportunity to make change and give their real feedback when their paycheck's not attached to it. Okay. It's harder now. Because yeah. I don't know if I really get their feedback because they're like, it's a good idea, but I don't want to do it. It could all blow up. Yeah. And I don't have a job. I don't have benefits. You know, they start awfulizing and it's horrible. But I think right now, if you start building that we're going to change forever, I wish I had done that. I wish I had just done, without anything attached to it, series on change. And just says changes, we're going to change forever. Yeah. Like, like God is the only thing that is constant, but, you know, his... His church evolves. And so I would have taught that more at your stage. I would have talked about like your marriage is going to change. You're going to go through seasons. You're going to go through this. I would have done I would have done series on marriage change, children's change, uh, uh, different stages of life change. I'm, I'm changing right now. I got a daughter in college. I don't know how I feel about that. She's going to date someone. I can go potentially crazy and hurt somebody. I lose everything. You know, so don't date the wrong. I say, so don't date the wrong guy so I can keep my job. Like, I would have just done change. Like, if we understand what I'm saying, if you just get people, forget your church change. They go through change. What happens when you change a job? What happens when you lose a job? Just talk on change. And everybody like, yeah, I love change. So I would do that there. God bless y'all. We hope you enjoyed this session from the Art Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations and to register for an upcoming art conference, visit artconference.com.